the next Mishnah, Mishnah you'd base. Let's try to get two today. The Arba is, is the uh, plague of pestilence, and it increases specifically four times. It, it, when is that? Beravi Urashvi, the fourth and seventh year. Whenever we say years, by the way, we refer to the years of the Shemitah cycle. So the fourth year of the Shemitah cycle and the seventh year of the Shemitah cycle. Okay? Over Matzah Shviyas, right? That's the year after Shemitah, which is where we're holding right now. Uba Matzah Achag, Shabachoshana And on every single year, right after Chag. Chag always is referred to as, which Yomtev? Sukkot. Very good. Thank you. Now, very good. Biravi, why is it that it increases specifically pestilence on the fourth year of the Shemitah cycle? Because obviously people were very, very lax in setting aside Maisa Oni in the third year. So in the fourth year, so to speak, that's the punishment. Okay? Bishvius, on the seventh year, why is pestilence increasing? Because obviously they were very lax in their commitment to separating or setting aside Maisa Oni in the sixth year. So because of that, their seventh year, they get the punishment. Also, tremendous plagues. Why? People obviously were using fruits that were grown during the Shemitah year, which we know that there are various halachas that apply to them. They were using them in the wrong way, in the improper manner. And therefore the punishment comes the following year. Every year, which is of course referring to as Israel just said, also the pestilence goes up. Obviously it was the farmers were stealing the matnasanim. Okay? So this Mishnah, the way I look at this Mishnah in a very simple manner is a very clear picture of what was described in the previous two Mishnahs, which is punishments. Not to scare anyone, but just to realize that yes, you do something wrong, there will be a retribution, there will be punishment. Therefore, when you don't take my son, you steal the my son running and whatever it is that you don't need doing properly with the fruit, there will be a punishment that will be extracted from people. We have to realize we're living in a world where we are commanded to do. We went yesterday to Leviah, and the second speaker at the Hesped, and if you mentioned, said uh, this exact Yisoyed. The Neshama, the Gemara tells us this, Betzim. The Gemara tells us, Chazal tells us that the Neshama does not want to come down to this world. You know that? You know the Neshama is about to be sent down to the world, and the Neshama says, Tati Hashem, I, I don't want to go down there. That's the world of Nesoyen. That's the world of challenge. That's the world of hardships. I don't want to be there. I'm going to end up doing worse things than I am now. Al-Kabbalah and the Rebbe says, don't worry, whatever, we'll figure it out. You get sent down, right? Chazal tell us that nobody wants to come down to this world, but once they're here, nobody wants to leave. But the idea is, it is a challenging world, and there are punishments, but there's so much good that can be done also. And there's a tremendous amount of positivity and toyalis and constructive uh, thing actions that can be done, but we also have to ultimately realize that there is going to be punishment for doing the wrong thing. Let's do another Mishnah, Rabbi Islam, Mishnah Yagimel. Now we're going to move on very, very important, okay? This is the Hagdoma for this Mishnah and for the next five Mishnayas, okay? Very, very important. We are categorizing various types of people and their character traits, okay? We're going to work seriously now on a lot of our insides and our character. It's really, really important, okay? So this Mishnah and the next five are going to go through various character traits of different people. Let's begin. Arba Midois Ba'odam. Okay? Arba midos for Adam. There are four types of human beings. 
Listen carefully. Try to figure out which one you fit into. Four types of human beings. Number one. Ha'oymeh sheli, sheli, v'shalcha, shalach. In other words, somebody that says, whatever is mine belongs to me, whatever is yours is yours. Zu mida peininis. Says the Mishnah, that's average. That's, you know, sort of medium sort of behavior. Well, this is mine, so it's mine. That's yours, that's yours. And you can look at that in a good way and say, I don't touch what's not mine. You know, whatever's yours is yours. I'm not touching it. Whatever's mine is mine. Leave it alone. Or you could look at it in a bad way and say, oh, whatever's mine is mine. I'm not giving you any of it. I'm not sharing it with you. I'm not helping you. Whatever's yours is yours. You take what's yours. I'll take what's mine. I'll enjoy what's mine. So there's, I guess there's two ways of interpreting that, which is why maybe it's average because it's like in the middle. It's on the line. That's me debating this. And some people say it's midastoim. Why? For the second reason that we just gave. Midastoim is, in, in stoim, by the way, with Shisha Pink, as famously says, we all, we all know the story of stoim, right? They never, they never healed anyone, they never gave stocker to anyone, they never did chesed. What was their logic? What, what did they excuse themselves as not doing chesed and giving stocker? Very simple. You know what it was? If Hashem gave me money, and gave you no money, so who am I to mess with Hashem's plan? How can I give you money? I'm messing with Hashem. Right? And therefore, they, they basically... Now, obviously, that was wrong, and it was horrible and disgusting and stoim. But that's where their logic came from. That's what the mission is telling us. When I say, Shali, Shali, what's mine is mine. What's yours is yours. You could look at it in a nice way. That's, you know, midas peininis. Or you also could look at it as a midas stoim to say, listen, it's mine, and I'm not giving you any of it. Okay, that's person number one. Think, Rabbi, so which, which guy are you? Think. Number two. Shali shaloch, v'shalcha shali. Okay? Whatever, um, whatever is mine is yours, and whatever is yours is mine. Am ha'oretz. That's a total am ha'oretz. And am ha'oretz is always referred to as a person that's an unlearned person. He doesn't understand, he doesn't know, he's not, you know, very, very well versed in the halachas or in anything else for that matter. Number three person. Shali shaloch, v'shalcha shaloch. What's mine is yours, but what's yours is yours. Chassid. That's already a chassid. Chassid we always know, we always describe, is not someone with payas and a becket shirt and a stramel, but rather somebody that goes lifnim mishuvasadin. That's the definition of chassidim. Look at the Gemara Brachas, Rashi. That the definition of a chassid is someone that goes beyond what he has to do. He doesn't only do what's required of him, he does more than that. So the mission is telling us, Shali, Shalach, whatever's mine, it's yours, take it. Some problem, I don't want it. But I'm not going to take yours either, because that belongs to you. That's a chosid. And the last one, Rabbi Yisai, is shali shali, v'shalcha shali. Whatever is mine is mine. Whatever is yours is also mine. And that's a rasha. That, the Mishnah says, is a rasha. So this Mishnah, amongst, again, as I said, the next five as well, is talking about different categories of people in that case. Now, of course, it's going on a very physical way, talking about what the Rabbani Shem gave us. The Rechaim HaKadosh says very clearly, that when a person gives Misa, or what should the thought process be, I get a lot of Shilas. It's interesting, I actually think to myself, I actually, I think I get more Shilas of Misa than most other things. I wonder why. My, like, people are very like, oh, like, are you so makbid? Like, do I have to give, do I have to give Misa from that or not? Right? That's the Shila. But it's not true. Because the Chaimakot just says that whatever we have doesn't really belong to us. It was given to us as a Bikodan, so that we can give it to others, so that we can do mitzvah with it, so that we can do chesed with it. It doesn't belong to us. It's not even our money to begin with. The Rabbanishim gave it to us as a pikotin, just to hold on to. 
So that's how the Rechaim HaKadosh explains what we have. And that's, I think, also what this Mishnah is telling us in some way as well. The Mishnah is telling us that to focus, and I'm now talking about a physical level, on everything we have in the world that we were given by Hashem, that it's not really ours. And if it is ours, it's there to utilize for a greater good, like to help people with it, to give to other people. Now, I'm not saying give away everything and don't have anything for yourself, because the Mishnah tells us clearly, what is ours is meant to be ours, right? But we're also meant to give it to others, because we're meant to realize that that's what we have it for. And that's a very important nakuda to realize in a physical way. There is another mahalach we can learn the Mishnah, and that's the Koshnitz Magid. The Koshnitz Magid interprets the Mishnah in a very different way. And he says, there's a type of person that tells Hashem, whatever is mine, referring to Torah and mitzvahs, are yours. Hashem, they're yours. Meaning, I perform them for you. I do them for you. Why? So that whatever is yours, Hashem, is going to be mine. That you're going to recompensate me for that. That's an Amoritz. That's an unlearned person. Because a Chochom, someone who's wise, understands that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need your mitzvahs. He doesn't need your maizim toivim. Right? He doesn't need that. That's not how it is. A real chosid is what the Mishnah is telling us here. Is that what? He does everything the Shem Shemaim without any expectation for reward. As the Mishnah tells us in Perak Aleph Mishnah Gimel, don't be like an Eved that serves Hashem al manas pras in order to get reward. Do it shalom manas pras. Why should we do it? They say the Mephoshim Rabbeinu Yonah says it. It's because we love Hashem. The love that we have for Hashem should be so deep, should be so great. How do we do that? By studying Hashem, by studying Hashem's world, by studying everything that we have in the world and what we're given by Hashem. And the fear and the awe and the love that we have for the Rabbeinu Shem should be so great that we just want to do Hashem's mitzvahs because it's Hashem and because He loves us and He gives us everything. Those are the two Mishnahs. Rabbi says, that's in the beginning. Which one of a person are you? Which person do you fit into those four categories? Number one, number two, number three, or number four? A very serious question that every single one of us have to ask ourselves which one we are. But Ezra Shem will talk about the next mission.